Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Ledger Report is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Please go to MyPillow.com and enter Ledger in the promo code box for up to 66% off. That's MyPillow.com and enter L-E-D-G-E-R in the promo code box. The Ledger Report is also brought to you by Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com forward slash ledger for a natural homeopathic way to relieve nagging chronic pain. Or call 833-425-7246. 833-425-7246 for Relief Factor Pain Relief. Thank you for supporting my pillow, Relief Factor, and The Ledger Report. All right, Mr. News, hit it! Next on the Ledger Report, bombshell information out of Arizona. The vote is corrupt. The people involved are corrupt. The elected officials and non-elected officials are all corrupt. There must be a decertification and a revote. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable. When the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. Any measure that I, as an IT professional, performing countless vulnerability assessments and um, incident responses um, that I have occurred, had a, had a client that, that engaged me, had this state of a, uh, of a network, um, it would have resulted in a failure on our audit. So at this point, I, uh, I would like to remind people that from a totality of what these findings are, there simply is no accountability by anyone accessing these devices. You had shared passwords. You had shared user accounts. You had remote access. If someone could get access to this system, they wouldn't need a zero-day exploit. The systems were so far out of date from a security compliance standpoint that it would have taken the average kitty hacker less than 10 minutes using Metasploit to hack this system. And I would like to remind everyone that's listening to this that when you have a network of computers like you have in these voting systems, it only takes one person bringing in a little hockey puck with admin access to provide external 
remote access to that voting system. And in the situations where you don't have accountability, you have shared usernames, and you have shared passwords, you simply cannot guarantee the security and the accountability on those systems. Stop the tape. The vote is corrupt in Arizona. That is clear from this very professionally presented demonstration to the Senate leadership of Arizona and this very obviously thorough investigation of what transpired in the 2020 election, in particular the presidential election in Arizona, 11 electoral votes, and of course the results was a margin of 11,000 votes, it's very clear that not only is the vote corrupt, but the people who are counting the vote, the people who are accessing the machinery to count the vote are corrupt. Now, these guys have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt with only a fraction of the information that they need, by the way. Keep in mind that Maricopa County is not cooperating. They've come to some sort of late, last-minute settlement here where Maricopa County is going to turn over uh, some information. The Splunk Logs, whatever the hell those are. I, okay, I know, I know. There, there's some sort of uh, footprint, of, if you will, of computers, and listen, computer experts, don't come down on me on this one. It's some sort of log, some sort of blueprint, some sort of memory of, of what a computer is doing and how it's accessing, where it's accessing the internet. But from the limited information that these folks have been allowed to have, have already established that, that these computers, these election computers, had not been updated, for example, you know, your regular old Windows Microsoft updates that you're supposed to click and a lot of us forget to do, or some of us put on automatic. I think all of mine are on automatic because I'm not good at it. But these computers, ostensibly protecting the franchise for in the neighborhood of 3 million plus voters in the once great state of Arizona, the Grand Canyon state, these computers hadn't been updated since August of 2019, let me repeat. These patches that you're supposed to put in your computers, these are computers counting the vote. Hadn't been updated since August of 2019. What kind of morons are running this system in Arizona? Okay, that's, you could, the mainstream media is going to fixate on stuff like that and say, oh, well, that doesn't prove voter fraud. I'm just, as I was watching, this news conference was laid it out in great detail, in, in fine detail, in too much detail, that I know many people's eyes were rolling in the back of their head. And some people were falling asleep, and some people probably tuned out. I didn't. I watched every minute of this. And to me... It is beyond the shadow of a doubt that there's voter corruption, massive voter corruption, in the measurable in the thousands, possibly tens of thousands in Arizona. And that the machinery being used was corrupt and the people using the machinery are corrupt. And there needs to be people held accountable. And you heard this guy, that video off the top was a, a gentleman by the name of Ben Cotton, who, by the way, is a former special forces 
member of the United States military, now does this forensic IT audit stuff. Way over my head and way over the heads of tens of millions of most Americans. But the bottom line is, he comes off as credible and he comes off as knowledgeable about the information that he was given. Now, he will plainly say, if you rewind and you rewatch this presentation, that he was not given a complete picture. This is only pieces to a puzzle. But it's enough pieces. You know, you put together a puzzle and it's a picture, a portrait of Abraham Lincoln and you have more than half the pieces of the puzzle, well, you can probably figure out, yeah, that's Abraham Lincoln. And that's what this gentleman is doing, Mr. Cotton. He's got enough pieces of the puzzle to say, hey, that's Abraham Lincoln. And he's got enough pieces of the puzzle to say, hey, these computers were accessed remotely. These computers were purged. I want to get to that in a minute. Elements of the computer logs were purged. And they were purged within 24 hours of the release of this information to the people who were doing the audit. In other words, just as Hillary Clinton's computers were wiped clean. And remember, she didn't know what that, what do you mean, with a cloth? Remember that BS? These certain elements of these computers were wiped clean just minutes before the audit was to begin. What a coincidence. And something else that these gentlemen have uncovered is in Arizona, and probably, by the way, this is mimicked in, in many other states as well, that there's no accountability specifically for someone when they log on. So in other words, usernames and passwords are shared. Now, what kind of a Mickey Mouse operation is that? You know, even the most rudimentary person with a rudimentary knowledge of a computer at work or at home realizes you probably can't share and shouldn't share your username and password. But it's not just the corrupt computer system. I want to go back to that in a minute, but I want to go to some numbers here. The first person to testify before the Arizona Senate was Dr. Shiva. Now, I know the mainstream media is going to assassinate his character. They're going to call him a lunatic. This guy has 18 different degrees from MIT on down. He had, I think he listed five degrees from MIT. I, 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 I was mesmerized by the first set of credentials he he put out there. I got lost in them. There were so many sets of credentials. I mean, this guy. And he, listen, they're also going to attack him for claiming to have invented the internet. You know, I, in, inventing the internet is one of these things like inventing the automobile. Who really invented the first automobile? Really? Does it matter? There was probably several people almost simultaneously coming up with the first internal combustion engine. Same thing with the internet. So, Dr. Shiva says that he's one of the initiators of the internet. And of course, if you go on, and I don't recommend this, but if you go on Wikipedia, they just assassinate him as a conspiracy, a conspiracy theorist. The guy is brilliant, I mean, obviously. Okay? He walks into a room full of rocket scientists. He's the smartest guy in the room kind of person. So his conclusion, the upshot, he testified for about 45 minutes or so, or an hour, and he went into grave detail. And he, what he looked at were the mail-in ballots. That's the only sector that he looked at. And 
one of the main conclusions he had is that there were roughly 17,000 duplicate ballots. Now, remember, in the back of your mind, what was the vote separation in Arizona between Biden and Trump? Just remember this, 11,000 votes. So he's identifying 17,000 duplicate ballots, mail-in ballots, that he can't verify or disqualify. Again, because they weren't given all the pieces to that Abraham Lincoln puzzle here. They only have a limited number of Abraham Lincoln pieces to the puzzle. But 17,000, this is probably the most important part of his analysis, 17,000 duplicate ballots identified, which need further information. And again, I'm going to tell you that there is some sort of deal struck with Maricopa County and the auditors. So Maricopa County is going to, I guess, coordinate or work with, communicate with, and probably in a limited scope with the auditors. So hopefully they're going to get a little bit more information with which to work. So maybe there'll be a few more pieces to Lincoln puzzle. But the question is, how much evidence was destroyed? And now we're talking about criminal activity, by the way. If you're purging logs, if you're wiping servers clean, if you're wiping memories clean, and you are destroying data that the federal government says you're supposed to keep somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, 22 months, but you're destroying data, that's a criminal act. Somebody's got to be held accountable here. So we know of at least one case where the data was purged, again, multiple times, but the last time was just minutes before the audit was to begin and the information handed over. Data purged. Who did it? Don't know, because passwords were shared and, and usernames were shared. Ah, but guess what? They got screenshots of these people. They got screenshots of the users. And they didn't share that during this presentation, but they have them. So we hope there will be accountability and there will be criminal referrals. Anomalies, they called them anomalies. Sure, right now, again, because we don't have all the pieces of the puzzle, they are anomalies. But with more pieces of the puzzle, we'll be able to call them cheating or fraud or criminal activity or all of the above. Doug Logan, the Cyber Ninjas. Now, again, I can just see the mainstream media. Cyber Ninjas. They're not credible. Blah, 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 blah. So they're going to attack the source. So just buckle your seatbelt on this. But stick with me and stick with other folks that you trust in relaying to you the information. I'm trying to give you a synopsis here. Doug Logan with Cyber Ninjas had some very important information that he shared with the folks. Yes, they're going to get the Splunk logs. Again, this is some sort of uh, memory, some sort of log of a computer that'll help put this puzzle together. They're going to get the routers. And the routers are important because I think they have a stamp in there that'll show where the internet was accessed. So in other words, if somebody went on in Arizona and accessed um, some website in Germany, it's going to show that they accessed a website in Germany through their ISP address. I'm not sure that they have that definitive information just yet. Um, and so they need 
the routers to stake I, I believe the computer will tell them yes the internet was accessed and that's what mr cotton was testifying about yes definitively this computer was accessing the internet remember we were told that no 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 these computers weren't accessing the internet and there was no way that these election computers could access the internet where well, they were and they did so now the question is where did they access how did they access how long did they access what isp did they access somewhere in the neighborhood of 27,000 provisional ballots were issued uh, in arizona and again because they don't have all the pieces they they can't verify where these provisional ballots came from and if they're duplicates or or what have you how corrupt is that vote but they can verify and they did verify and this is doug logan's piece again that 3,432, so rounded off the 3,400 votes, more votes were cast than the total aggregate number. So all these numbers should add up, and this is what Mr. Logan was referring to. When you, when you send out all these ballots and you have these provisional ballots and you have people voting in person, you have people voting early, you have people voting often, there's a, there's a sheer number when you aggregate it, right? So they aggregated the number, but when they did the audit, there were 3,400 more votes than the total number. Okay, that's a bit of a red flag, but he dug down a little bit deeper. More than 9,000 mail votes, that is mail-in ballots, were counted, then were sent out. Let me repeat that. More than 9,000 mail-in ballots were counted then were sent out remember this 11,000 vote margin margin ladies and gentlemen remember it's 11,000 that's the vote margin so we have corruption not in the hundreds we have it measurable in the thousands 1500 plus excess votes excess votes is votes that they just simply can't account for but yet they were counted in the 2020 election cycle uh, in Arizona. And about a quarter of a million votes cannot be cross-checked of where they came from. Again, either because the information has not been given to the auditors or the information just simply doesn't exist. And, and part of what they did in terms of their analysis, and this was Dr. Shiva's piece of the analysis, was looking at the signature and, and cross-checking the signature and all the 27 different points of a signature they would use to verify that signature. And they had many signatures that were blank and that they had many signatures that were just partial. So there's no way you could verify the signature. 23,000 ballots were mailed in from addresses of people who had moved, either moved to another location in Arizona or moved out of state. 23,000 ballots were mailed in from addresses where those people no longer reside. What degree of those are valid? So again, we're now measuring at least in the thousands, we're getting darn near close to measuring in the tens of thousands. 
They have documented proof, again, from the limited information they were given of 5,000 people voting in two counties simultaneously. So 5,000, 5,000 people in Arizona voted in two different counties. Are you totaling all this up? I'm not. But again, if it's measurable in the thousands, and we have a presidential election that was decided ostensibly by 11,000, there's trouble in Denmark. There's big trouble in Denmark. And so then we go back to Mr. Cotton and his analysis of whether these computers that were not, not supposed to be hooked up to the internet, not supposed to be allowed to have people access the internet, his analysis whether the computers actually were accessed and used to go to the internet using routers or, or what have you, roll tape. At least on that date, was connected to the internet. Okay. Now, I'd also like to uh, point out that relying on the, un on the unallocated space for these artifacts, I don't have a complete history of all the internet connections because things get overwritten, things get changed, uh, things of that nature. But the importance of this is, is that at some point in time, specifically those last visited dates, this device was connected to the internet. Now, if you look at that date, there's also a correlation um, to the purging of the database. It's the day before the audit. Okay? Almost the same time exactly. Almost the same time exactly. Okay. Obviously, this requires an explanation. Stop the tape. Yeah, it requires an explanation. But deductive reasoning would tell you that, hey, this is corrupt. That somebody accessed the Internet when they sh weren't supposed to be accessing the Internet. Did it, tr it transpire on election night, by the way? When did this access happen? Well, we know when the purges were. The purges were leading up to the audit. They purged information on one day. They purged in the tens of thousands on another day. And just to be sure, they topped it off the day before the audit was to begin. The day before they were to hand over all of this information, there was another purge. But we know this happened. Who did it? We don't know. At least they haven't made it public who did it. Apparently, there are screenshots of at least some of the perpetrators. I don't know if they're talking face, facial shots or they're talking uh, timestamp shots. I hope they're facial shots. They might be. Because these people need to be held accountable. You don't wipe the memory of a computer just days before or 24 hours before there is a scheduled audit, no matter what you're auditing, let alone the franchise let alone a vote total that is within the margin of error. Remember, you know, you're talking 11,000 vote margin, but 1.6 million votes, give or take, cast for each candidate. So, just statistically speaking, there should be a recount, there should be an audit. Now we have the evidence 
that the vote was corrupt. It was corrupt from within and it was corrupt from without. And from within, I mean the people who were counting, the people who were in charge of the process. And from without, I mean, obviously, there was help from the outside. People voting in multiple counties at the same time. Oh, and dead people voted. Yeah, 282. Remember how the mainstream media laughs? Oh, there are dead people voting. Ha, 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 ha. Well, it's a small number. It's a statistically insignificant number, frankly. But it is a number of 282 dead people voting. So... We have a problem, ladies and gentlemen. We have voter corruption rampant in this state, in this swing state. So what do we have in Pennsylvania? What do we have in Georgia? What do we have in Wisconsin? What do we have in Michigan? And remember, the electoral vote total, and, and by the way, I want to mention something here and why there needs to be a revote. It's not just the race for president, but there were down ballot matchups as well. So these weren't just isolated to Trump versus Biden. All the other candidates, down to dog catcher, necessarily are affected by this voter corruption. Okay. So there needs to be a decertification process per Article 1, I'm sorry, Article 2, Section 1 of the United States Constitution. And I want to touch on that a little bit more, but people say there's no precedence for what I'm talking about here. A decertification by this Arizona State Legislature and a revote. Yes, there is. Not exactly, but if there's a, a corrupt vote, the legislature is in charge in determining what to do. And the logical thing to do here is decertify the presidential election and hold a new vote for president on down the dog catcher. That is what should happen here. In order there to be a revote, you got to decertify the election results. It's not just decertification of the race for president. It's a decertification for all races in Arizona. And that should be the blueprint when there's evidence and there will be turned up if it's allowed to be given to the public in Georgia and in Pennsylvania and in Wisconsin and in Michigan. Frankly, any of the blue states. If they'd allow an audit in California, that's going to be the, that's going to be the king of all voter fraud. So... We're at a turning point in this country, and I want to remind people we need to stay strong here. Don't listen to the mainstream media. Don't listen to people on social media. Don't listen to Biden and Schumer and Pelosi and Ayach and the rest of them. Stick to the facts. And the fact is the voter corruption in Arizona for the 2020 election was systemic. It was apparently coordinated and it was rampant. And there needs to be an accounting for the people involved. They need to be held accountable. And the people of Arizona, and frankly, all Americans who vote, deserve a new election in the Grand Canyon State after 
the election results are decertified by the Arizona legislature. Joining me now is Arizona Senator Kelly Townsend. I want to tell everybody before I forget, because I blew through this, unfortunately, I, this program is brought to you by MyPillow. You go to MyPillow.com, you put Ledger in the promo code box, you get up to 66% off. Also brought to you by Relief Factor. If you call 833-425-7246, uh, they'll set you up. And all this information is on my website, GrahamLedger.com. Senator, um, it appears to me, having watched uh, this, I think it was a very detailed uh, report, as detailed as it can be, since Maricopa County didn't play ball with you all, um, that in the end, if this were uh, an accounting firm, if Arizona and the election folks were an accounting firm, uh, they would not balance out their, their spreadsheet, their data sheet would not balance out. And, and that's effectively what we're talking about with the votes. The votes do not add up. At the very least, we know this to be the case. That's exactly right. And not only do they not balance out, there are many indications that there was malfeasance involved. There's direct evidence of laws being broken. And any confidence that we may have had in this election is now completely deflated. And there's no way we can move forward accepting these results due to all the things that we learned today. Let's talk about some of the highlights or the lowlights, if you want to uh, consider it that way. Um, for example, you said laws were broken. I believe it's against state law for these election officials through the election computers to access the Internet. And we heard, by the way, over the mainstream media over and over and over again, oh, the Internet was not accessed. Well, apparently the auditors, the cyber ninjas uh, and this Mr. Cotton, uh, have found that indeed uh, the folks behind the election apparatus in Arizona uh, use these computers to access the internet. That's exactly right. And not only are they not supposed to use the internet, they have said over and over that the machines are unable to connect to the internet. But the very owner's manual of the machine shows you how to do it. So we knew, <clears throat> we suspected anyway, and now we know from this audit that they indeed did. And they also went through a different audit that showed that it hadn't been connected to, but our experts were able to show and prove and put up on the screen for all to see that, yes, absolutely, they were connected to the internet, which is in a direct contradiction of what they've told us. So that then undermines the confidence and the trust, because if they're going to lie about something like that, what else have they lied about? And there's evidence of, of purging of data. Now, this is important because uh, some of this transpired, or, or, or maybe all of it did, or in one section. I mean, who knows the total, total, total damage uh, that these people were doing to try and cover their tracks. Uh, but it appears at least one set of data was purged in the thousands uh, just in the days before the audit was to commence. And that is destruction of evidence. And that is potentially, it should be a criminal act. And so is, is this kind of stuff going to be referred to the attorney general? Well, it's very interesting. It was 36,000 plus uh, items that were purged um, by, you know, this rolling, you know, you enter one entry and the other one drops off. And they did that 36,000 plus times the night before the audit. So that's suspect in and of itself. Yeah. But they weren't able to tell who had done it by the entry because ordinarily you have a username when you log in and your own password and all the rest, but they had shared passwords, shared usernames, and supposedly 
you know, they maybe thought that nobody was going to know who had done it. So they wouldn't be able to pin it on anyone. But I was really excited to hear. And so was the audience who erupted into cheers when they told us that they have screenshots and timestamps of when this happened, along with the video that was in the building of showing the Maricopa County employees that were in the process of doing this deletion. So they do know who those people are. So, yes, this is I think that uh, Karen Fan had published a letter right before we started that all of this has been referred to the Arizona Attorney General. And now we need to watch and see that he moves forward with uh, taking care of that from a legal perspective and hold people accountable. We take a deep breath and we just focus on on one piece of evidence that the uh, cyber ninjas were able to come up with, among many, by the way. But this one stands out. I think it's an important one when you consider the vote separation is 11,000 in the race for president. 9,000 more mail-in ballots counted than actually sent out. This could be just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I've been trying to point out that you folks have not been given the entire puzzle. You've only been given certain pieces to the puzzle. Um, And now you have Maricopa County, uh, I guess, cooperating to a limited extent. Um, The vote corruption could be much worse than what we're seeing right now. You want to know the scary thing about all of this? The person responsible for Maricopa County elections is Adrian Fontes. Mm. He was the Maricopa County recorder at the time of the election. That man is now running for secretary of state. So here you have somebody who clearly uh, did not run the most secure and perfect election of all time, as he claimed, which, by the way, that was a clue when he immediately comes out and says this was the most secure election of all time. That is typical behavior of somebody who's got something to hide when they're really pushing that. So others were parroting that this is the most insecure and potentially fraudulent election of all time. And now the person responsible wants to run for the top election position in Arizona. That's frightening. And now uh, it continues. We have limited uh, evidence right now. There may be even more evidence because of this now newfound cooperation with Maricopa County. And of course, there are going to be some referrals to the to the attorney general. As far as the legislature is concerned, when we look at Article 2, Section 1 of the United States Constitution, the framers of the Constitution don't mention anything about an attorney general. They don't mention anything about the courts. They don't mention anything except the legislatures. It seems to be that the course of action here, and you may want to wait until this thing is over, over, I guess, or you can act now to decertify and have a new vote. Is that the route you see here? Well, I have said the first thing I want is indictments. I want people held accountable for the crimes that have been committed. And yes, we have a constitutional authority to certify and potentially decertify elections. We have delegated that sometime in the past to the secretary of state, to the governor, to the uh, county supervisors. And how we regain that um, is what's in question right now. We have varying different opinions Um, But I think that what's important is the senators uh, here in Arizona, and it's going to also take the uh, House of Representatives because we're going to all have to vote on that uh, to have the spine, the courage to do the right thing. Uh, We had Paul Boyer, who was our biggest detractor. He was in the audience today. So I am hoping that he heard the evidence and has realized that he was wrong and that he will join with us in holding these folks accountable and potentially decertifying this election. Absolutely. Well, I hope you wave a a copy of the United States Constitution like I have in my hot little right hand here. And you say, this is how we 
retake our constitutional authority for the legislature uh, to do really uh, not only what the people of Arizona deserve, but the people, all of the people who voted in the 2020 election uh, across the country. Senator, please uh, keep us informed. And for more information, you have a hot feed on um, on on social media for the latest information on Telegram, right? That's right. Yeah. If you go to Telegram, you'll find me there. And uh, I'm also on Twitter, AZ Kelly T, Kelly with a Y. I'm on Facebook rarely. Um, you know, Twitter is like the piranha tank, so I try to avoid it. But once in a while, I'll post in there, but mostly on Telegram right now because they're not censoring us there. All right. Keep us informed, please. And uh, we'll touch base with you uh, in the not too distant future. OK, Godspeed. Now, there is plenty of precedence of having a new vote and decertifying an election. It's happened before in this republic. It hasn't happened at the presidential level, but so what? It's happened in the congressional race. 2018 was one of the most recent examples of that. There was another big one in 1974. There have been multiple examples in this country of elections being overturned and decertified for whatever reason. A broken voting machine was one reason. In this case, in Arizona, yeah, it's broken all right. It's corrupt broken. And now we know why the supervisors in Maricopa County dragged their feet and didn't want to participate in this audit. Oh, it's just, it's just a waste of time. It's all political. No, no. It's because you cheated. That's why. And at the presidential level, there has been voter corruption in the past. In fact, one involved Grover Cleveland, who lost, I think, to Benjamin Harrison and then came back and beat him four years later. All this sounds very familiar, doesn't it? But we got to get the 2020 election right. The American people deserve it. This is not a Democrat or Republican thing. It is what the framers of the Constitution would insist upon. And the framers of the Constitution put in Article 2, Section 1, that the legislatures are in charge of determining this process. Those who want to go down the path of the courts are crazy. You want to allow one judge to decide for three million plus voters in Arizona? Forget it. That's not what the intent of the Constitution says. It's not what the, the, the words say. The intent and the actual wording is the legislature of Arizona is in charge here. And if they have the guts to do their duty, their fiduciary duty to protect the vote, they will decertify the 2020 election from the presidential race on down to dog catcher, and they will call for a new vote. It is the only way to bring integrity back to a corrupt system in the Grand Canyon State. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs>